Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. On today's episode, Joy and Nadia are diving deep into the powerful topic of childhood trauma. Join them as they share stories of resilience, offer insights on healing, and provide a safe space for understanding and growth. We're excited to have you on the couch with us. So grab your tea or coffee, your journal, and settle in. And let's dive into today's episode on the couch with Joy and Friends. Eat his hey. ass. <laughs> hey, Stink. What's up, y'all? What's good? Thugging with my rounds. Found down. Found down. Come on. <laughs> y'all, I know. Oh, I know. We ain't gonna say all the words, but listen, I don't care what y'all say. I like that song. It it make the it make the wretched parts of me happy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, me the wretched the wretched parts of me real happy when I hear that song. And I still don't know all the lyrics. Don't ask me. But today, <laughs> before we start the episode, y'all already know. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Um. Subscribe. That's what I'm telling you to do. Subscribe. And there's a money symbol down there. Go ahead and press that money symbol and see what it does for you. (laughs) See what it does. It helps you continue to get this love every Tuesday and Thursday um, right here on the couch. Today, we're going to need these. We're going to need these. If you do not have a journal, go to Amazon right now and get you one. And if you don't have a journal for this episode, which you're going to need, go ahead and just grab a piece of paper, grab something, grab your own personal journal, do what you need to do, because we're going to be doing some journal prompts today surrounding the topic of childhood trauma. We are healing childhood trauma, y'all. We're talking about it. We're digging deep into it. And if you don't know, you know what childhood trauma is? Mm -hmm. Okay. We're healing it today. We're talking about it in a numerous way. Wait, numerous. It doesn't matter. We're talking about it today. Praise God. Childhood trauma, if you do not know what it is, it refers to a deeply distressing or disturbing experience that occurs during your childhood. It can result from various events or situations that overwhelm a child's ability to cope and negatively impact their emotional, psychological, and physical well-being. Traumatic experiences during childhood can have long-lasting effects and influence on, on a person's development. It has an influence on their relationships and how they function overall. Okay, so childhood trauma can take different types of forms and may result from various sources. Y'all some include physical abuse, emotional abuse, all the things punching, hitting, burning, all the things that I don't know if y'all got beat with extension cords, but I did. Come on, let's talk about it. Um, Physical abuse, molestation, rape, all the things, emotional abuse, somebody's always humiliating you, belittling you, rejection, all the things, neglect. Y'all ate every day? Did y'all eat every day? Okay. Some people did eat every day. Some people didn't have the basic needs like food, clothing, water, shelter, all of that stuff. 
matters when we're talking about childhood trauma. So today we're going to talk about it and how it shows up and what we're doing to heal it. So we're, the journals are here so we can write a few journal prompts to get you started, to start digging deeper into this childhood trauma and healing it. So Nadia. Yes, Kathy. Go ahead and dig in. Tell us about you. Did you experience any childhood trauma? Yeah, I think, I think, I think we all did mm -hmm. in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Um, yes, yeah, something traumatic happened as a child um, that still affects you now as an adult. Mm -hmm. um, one, I would say, is or if, even if you gotten over it, or even if you gotten over mm -hmm. it, because you do know that when it happens as a child, something in your mind blocks it out to where you don't even remember that it happened. Yeah, because um, it's so normal. Because it's so traumatic. Mm. Um. But yeah, my my friends, uh, when I would go to their their house, it was sisters. I would go to their house, and um, they couldn't eat at at on the, wherever else in the house. Like I eat in my room or in the living room, or mm -hmm. hey, I could eat outside if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, but at their house, they had to eat on the floor on newspaper, and. If they waste food on the floor on the counter, they like they would get a whooping for it, mm -hmm. like real whoopings. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't understand that. Mm -hmm. Like, what? You can't eat in your room? Like I'm in my bed eating and watching TV and talking on the phone. You lived a good little at the childhood. same time, <laughs> girl. No, like it's crazy. It's now. Now I used to let JC eat in her room. Now I don't mm -hmm. because now she, well, she started to think automatically when the food is fixed, get my bowl, go upstairs. Mm -hmm. No, mm -hmm. you sit down here, you eat in the kitchen <laughs> right. now. And when you finish, then you can go upstairs. But, um, yeah, that was crazy and traumatic to me. Like, mm -hmm. man, I ain't never going to meet my kids like that. Oh yeah. I got my, I definitely had a pretty, um, and people watching this, my family and my friends, hey. <laughs> um, so I'm about to say a few things that a lot of people may not know. Of course, my parents know, but I love my parents to, to this day. And we have overcome a whole lot of things before y'all ca start calling them. Um, but growing up, whoopings were a staple in my home. Mm -hmm. A staple. I can't remember a time that I did something and didn't get a whooping for it. Mm -hmm. I don't care what it was. I don't even, half the time, I don't know why I got some of those whoopings. Still to this day, I don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. But I do remember an incident um, where I was in kindergarten and they had to, you know, call the people up to the school because I had a little bruise. And that's my first initial realization, like, oh, that's wrong. So is the whooping wrong or is the extent of the whooping wrong? I honestly think now I don't whoop my child at all. I don't whoop him. Do he need one? Hands down, yes. <laughs> but we live in a different age, and we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. But I do not think whoopings work. I think they they create other habits and fetishes. And I said it along the line, like later on down the line. <laughs> because like, like you said, traumatic earlier, and I said it was normal. Mm -hmm. Because trauma was normal to me. It was so normal that I honestly thought that getting a whipping like that was okay. Getting hit with like a one inch belt was okay. 
Um, and I honestly don't think I was that bad of a child, to be real with you. Like, I, my parents were pastors, so I don't remember disrespecting them to get the extent of the whoopings that I did receive. Um, so I grew up very, it made me timid. It made me scary. It made me very in my, like, oh, I can't say that. Oh, I, no, I'm not going to do that. No, 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 never mind. No, it made me very shy because I thought everything that I did was something wrong. Mm -hmm. So do you think it was the whooping or the extent of the whooping? I think it was the whooping for me because I didn't really know extent wise either. Like I didn't know that I was getting it bad or good. Level one or yeah, level five. I didn't whooping. know what I was getting. I just knew I was getting a whooping. And back in the day, and this is, I feel like everybody's childhood trauma, that's my age, nothing was explained to us. It was because like, I, I said so because I said so. Why'd you hit me? What'd you say? I want to know why you hit me. <laughs> I want to know, I want to know what happened. Like, what did I do to deserve this so I will not do it again? You lied. I lied about what? How did I lie? And what did I? Because even, even with JC and her grandmama, you had to say, no, nah, you can't say that. So the next time she say, I'm a, not to black off you, she might go, I'm a, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think explaining helps. I don't think whoopings help. Um, Cause they didn't help me in that sense, but I would have learned, I would have wanted more knowledge. I'll say that. I think that it depends on the situation and it depends on the child. I think that some people have you whooped their it. kids so much mm -hmm. that it don't change nothing. Mm. I don't whoop because I don't have to. Mm -hmm. Jaycee's never done anything bad enough that to me that I felt like she needed a whooping for it. Mm -hmm. Have I popped her hand? Absolutely. Um, but to just say, go get the belt or, hey, Ooh. come here, let me spank your behind. Like, it's never been that. I've, she's never had to, she's never done anything to mm -hmm. me bad enough that warranted a, a whooping, a pop. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And she done got her hands popped a few times. Mm -hmm. But for me and for her, she's so, Jaycee's like me. When you tell her something once, you nine times out of 10 ain't gonna have to tell her that same mm -hmm. thing again. Um, now, the one thing I'd have to tell her is calm down. Like when she get excited with her friends, but she just be all, I'm like, calm down. <laughs> and I have to tell her that every time mm -hmm. she have company. But that's just a kid being a kid. You're excited because sure. your friends are around. But to say that she has done something bad enough to get a whooping, mm -hmm. no. Mm -hmm. Because I talk a lot and I explain a lot. And she's bright enough to, say, to understand that if I had this conversation with you already, mm -hmm. I don't have to have it with you again. Yeah. And, I, and, and a, bigger, a big part of the whole whooping thing, like I can just remember being a kid in the backseat, a child at school, scared to go home because I know I'm gonna get a whooping. You did something bad? I wouldn't consider it bad. What you did, give me an example. Like if I, if I talked too much in class that day. Okay. Um, or I would get ends on my report card for needs improvement mm -hmm. and talk because I was talkative. Mm -hmm. But hear me out. Look at me now. I'm talking all the time. And it wasn't because I felt like I was being rude or disrespectful. I just had something to say and nobody was telling me where to say that or mm -hmm. or, hey, this is we're going to we're going to do a, a section now where y'all talk. 
It, but nowadays in school, they got a whole meditation corner for kids to take a five minute breather if they need it. That was not the case for us growing up where in class you can go, okay, this is overwhelming. And you can actually voice that this is overwhelming. I'm not understanding. How can I get some help? And I was telling Polly, I was like, I used to, I gave up recess in high school, middle school and high school. I did not go to recess or whatever they call it, PE, whatever it was. My PE teachers knew Joy want to stay back with her math teacher, her science teacher, because I was very afraid to speak during class. But when all the students was out of class, oh, me and the teachers would have the best dialogue ever. But I did that so I wouldn't get a whooping by talking in class. But it wasn't, as a kid, you don't, you don't register. You can talk. It's just how and when. nobody was explaining to me. So I had to literally figure out a whole lot of things on my own when it came to being talkative in school. And I realized, okay, Joy, you kind of like got this leadership ability thing. And then I became a peer mediator, helped the principal, all the things. But I had to put that thing that was negative into a positive mm -hmm. on my own as a kid. And I just do not want that for my child. And you, and even just sitting there with that scary feeling while your mama driving home, feeding you, loving on you, and you know you about to get your butt whooped, that junk is, it's like, and it's spilled over into some of my relationships. Like where I'm looking at him, like I know he mad. I know when I get home, this is gonna be a whole argument. And I, and I started dating people that would love on me, love on me, and then get home and be like, now why you do that? What did I do? <laughs> what did I do? And I go back into the seven, eight, nine-year-old little girl every single time. And I know it's a lot of people who do that to this day. And I just want this episode to help you get over the hump. And I literally had to tell myself, girl, you are an adult. You can't get in trouble with nobody, Joy. You can no longer get in trouble. So that's why when people be like, Joy, you did this, I'd be like, okay. That's how I feel about adults <laughs> that lie, blatantly lie. Like, you cannot lie. get in trouble. Why did you lie? Because you, you think that what you did was that wrong, that you're going to get, that there's a punishment or a consequence coming with this thing. And so that's what my questions be. Mm -hmm. Like, as an adult, <clears throat> what made you lie? Why that, are you, That little girl that's on that's the That's what I'm saying. So that is, it's, it's. It's sad mm -hmm. because something made you that way, but it's even more sad that you feel it's necessary to be that same way as an adult mm -hmm. when you don't have to you be. You don't, but it take it takes some time to sit there and really be like. I, I literally had to like it's it's it was hard to do. It was hard to realize, and it was hard to accept that this man that I'm dating, that I say I love, is scary, like. If his hands move a certain way, if he starts getting a little angry, then my whole, I go into that little girl again, like, I'm finna get a whooping. Then I'm finna get a whooping by an adult, but I, it, it's, it's a mind shift and it's a pivot that we all need to make where we're, we are responsible now as adults to change the pattern, to rebuild the foundation of purity and love. And like, once again, I love my parents we have gone through all the forgiveness and love that you can imagine. Um, and one, one pivotal, pivotal part of my forgiveness to my parents was asking them why they, why they are the way they are. Mm -hmm. And when I heard my mom's story and I won't tell it on this platform, mommy. Um, but when I heard her story of how she grew up, everything she did to me, 
it didn't even matter. It didn't even matter. It couldn't even compare. It could not compare to what she went through. And people saw what we were dealing with on the outside because we were at church and some incidents will happen at church. And um, people would see it. But once I heard her story, it just changed everything. And I think that's a, a big part of it. Ask your people who they are. And nine times out of 10, they're not gonna be open at first. We are open. I think our generation are open with our kids. Mommy, why you do that? We'll be like, because. <laughs> our parents, no. Even my mama still, I'd be asking her to Sometimes come on this couch I'll and tell a story. Kinda, she ain't. Um, iffy on what I explain. Girl, me, I just learned from I don't therapy not to do I, it. I don't explain everything. Mm. Um, I, because some things I feel like will steal your innocence. Mm, speak on it. Okay. Okay. And some things I would rather you learn mm. outside of me telling that to you. Mm -hmm. Like, I can tell you, don't touch that stove, it's hot. But I want you to go outside and ride your bike and keep riding it no matter how many times you fall off of it, get back on it and ride it again. Mm -hmm. And then come back and tell me when you learn how to ride your bike. Because um, I could have gone out there and taught you how to ride your bike, but I would prefer that you go out there and do it. Mm -hmm. um, but even with like things like... Um, like... I would, when JC was younger, you know, you always say, go to the bathroom, make sure you wipe your butt. Mm -hmm. In her head, she only wiped her butt. Right, not what she needed. Mm -hmm. Where I, so I recently had to say, when you go to the bathroom, you wipe where the pee comes from. Mm -hmm. That way that stops your panties from being wet or whatever going on. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't want, as a kid, to say, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. because to me, it was still an innocent. It still was an innocence mm -hmm. thing, um, but a lot of things when she asks, I'll tell her. But I don't just volunteer an explanation now when I don't think it's warranted. Mm -hmm. Now she asks, yes. And that's the only time I have conversations is when we're at when I when I'm asked and or when I sense that there needs to be some type of knowledge or he does something that I'm like, OK, we're not we not repeating we not repeating that. Yeah. So get over here and sit down. Yeah. You're not going to get dairy moment. ice cream. You're going to get oat milk ice cream because in our family, we it's just what it is. And I in therapy, I definitely have been told that I'm way too open. You are. And um. And the only re and, and once again, that's childhood trauma. It, it is showing up in my baby, in my baby, not showing up in my baby, but with my child because I went out into the world and learned all the things <laughs> in one year. And imagine uh, I'm passing out in year three because everything is so overstimulated. Like, and I just didn't want him to go out in the world wondering. I literally was like, I'm telling him everything. Y'all don't judge me, but because they had a drug epidemic at school, I'm like showing him drugs, what they look like. You don't, this, you, this is not candy. To me, I don't think that that is okay. too much information. Okay. Because, and I talked to her, let me tell you, you and, and see if you, you don't talk, eat this. <laughs> kids, how your delivery is, when it comes to your kids, they will listen. 
And I just told somebody this yesterday. What you say to your kids, they are listening and they will regurgitate it at some point in their lives. I've always said this to JC. You do not take food from your your friends at school. They brought something from home. You do, do not, not have it. If they give you, they got candy, gum, whatever at school, you cannot eat that. Mm-mm. So every time somebody gives her something. She bring it home? Yes. She better. get in the car and it's the you first better. thing she get, she do. She, here, mom, my friend gave me some gum. Can you check it for me? Or here, mom, my friend gave me this. And I'm yeah. like. To me, it's a proud moment. Like, mm-hmm. you are listening when I say something, mm-hmm. you listen. But it's a reason why I'm telling you this. But going back to you, I don't think for no, at no, in no way, you showing him drugs is, is wrong because now they look like candy. And, and I mean, the whole school, one whole school, the kids were all sedated because yeah, the one person had, had gave away medicated. Edibles. Uh-huh. Like, not mine. Mm-hmm. Not mine. I don't. I, I better you not ever candy? get a phone call like you that. You want candy? It will come from me taking you to the store, getting it, or it comes from this house. Mm-hmm. You cannot eat candy from your friends. Yep. Under no circumstances. And even when he went to soccer camp, that was one of the rules at soccer camp. You cannot when you bring your snack. Your snack is not for nobody else. It's just for you. And we you do don't not eat their snack. You don't eat their snack. Yep. You don't drink out their water bottle. You don't do none of that. You don't do none of that. Mm. Because nope. I've seen where parents are um, Munchausen by proxy have what putting stuff in their kid's water bottle and sending them to school. So now my kid drinking rat poison with your kid drinking rat poison. No, uh-huh. it's not going to happen. Here, Jay, here's your water bottle. It's snapped on your bottle, and on don't your drink, backpack. Don't, and once it's and done, it's once done. Once it's done, it's done. <laughs> Bring it on back home and no mm-hmm. um, little, little poop poop can't drink mm-hmm. out of it. No. It's a no. Yep. So I just, you know, the openness, the talking to them is just, um, I think, needed. And uh, my childhood trauma definitely shows up a lot, in, you know, with my son. And I'm healing through him. Like, my relationship with him is healing a lot of my childhood trauma, stuff I didn't even know existed. Um, therapy definitely uh, opened up a lot of doors too when it came to me recognizing who I was for him. And I think a lot of parents um, should take note of that. Healing your childhood wounds will cause you to really start changing how you raise your children. And and just period, living, living a normal, healthy, balanced life if you can let go of some old traits that were um taught to you. So let's take let's take these journals out. And <laughs> that's gonna be our first question. How and what should let's do what first. What am I healing when it comes to childhood trauma? Within me, what am I healing? What is first? What are some things that I grab from my childhood that are not healthy and I'm bringing them into the now. What what am I changing? What are we healing today? That's what you're going to put on there. And what does it look like when it shows up? Because I know for me, when my son doesn't know something, I'm quick to explain. I'm quick to research. I want him to know all the things. And it was because I, I that didn't happen to me. So how does it show up for you and your family or your relationships when that insecurity or that that fear, that worry shows up. Um, 
in relationships, nine times out of 10, because I know I was in very emotionally abusive relationships. Because I think that I grew up in a very structured home. So I look for that structure within my relationships. And if it was very freedom, if it was freedom, then I was like, mm, I don't know about that. Wasn't nobody telling me what to do. I felt like this, it wasn't right. And that is childhood trauma, y'all. You're an adult. You're supposed to be free. Somebody's supposed to ask you, what do you like? What See, do you want to do? On the flip side, my mom gave me options. Mm-hmm. Let me choose. I ain't had no my options. Parents, uh, my dad, you know, I had, I had the freedom to ask for what I wanted. Mm. It wasn't, this is what, now there was structure for sure, but it wasn't like militant. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, the structure was there. Um, even today it's still there. Like mm-hmm. I'm just, just some things I'm just will mm-hmm. never say to him. Yeah. Um, but it definitely, it, I say all of what you're learn, what you're taught and what you learn in childhood pours over into who you are as oh, an adult. Every it, single ooh-wee. thing from the things that you ate, from the, the things your parents told you know about or the things that was allowed mm-hmm. um, or the lack thereof. Like some people always say, I'm going to give my kids everything that I didn't have. I don't think that way. Mm. And that's, that was me. I'm giving him everything I didn't have. And I mean everything. Yeah, I don't think that's not my thought process. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like if I lacked something, it was probably material. Okay. It was never love. It was never structure. It was mm-hmm. never the safe space to say how I felt or talk about stuff. It was, it was never none of that. So I don't really, I ain't even going to fake like it's a, Oh, I'm gonna give my baby anything I now. Do I go above and beyond for her? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, can I pull back some? Maybe. Yeah. Not though. It. I'm not though. <laughs> um, but I do stress to her that a lot of things you you will have. You're a very fortunate kid, but do know mm-hmm. in the event that you don't do what you need to do, all of these things go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember one time she didn't do something and she kept just not, I don't know what it was. I think keep her room clean. Mm-hmm. Said if you don't keep your room clean, and she was probably five, keep, stop tearing this room up and leaving it like this. And she's just now getting it today at eight mm-hmm. um, to clean her room. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're a big girl. Girls have their space clean. Make sure your bathroom is clean. Now when she's going there, she over clean. Um, but she had told her room up so bad that day and I was just over it. I'm like, I'm in here. I done cleaned the whole house. And then boom, you come home and tear the room up. That was just clean. Been there, done that. And yeah. she had this big old doll house that this, this girl had bought her. Big doll house. Do I put the whole thing in the garbage can? My mom was, you didn't have to do that. You ain't have to do that. Not. I probably didn't. She gonna remember that forever. She'll tell you right now today. She done brought it up. I'm, I don't know. No. <laughs> I and see that that's that's a part of that's that thing in me because he will now. My son is y'all. I love my baby, but he'll he'll let me he'll let me know that he don't like some. Paul clean the room. And I'll be like, boy, yeah, uh-uh. boy clean the room. She, and I and I I can't do. 
You want you want me to go to the store and buy you stuff. You want me to you You're want right. me to feed you. You want me to do all of these things. But see, I think that with the the concept of parenting, you have to deliver it in a way like us, we're partners. Mm -hmm. It is a healthy give and take with mommy and child. Mm -hmm. So you expect me to feed you every day, right? And you have options as far as what you want to eat. You're mm -hmm. not eating the same thing every day. Mm -hmm. I can come to you and say, hey, what do you want to eat today? And you can tell me and that's what you're going to have. Um, but do understand that this is not by any means what I owe you. Mm. All I owe you is to make sure you eat. Whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And that's what that's how it was growing up for me. Because that's what it should oh. be. Because now you set up a false expectation that wherever I go, whatever I do, these people have mm -hmm. to give me what I want. When they don't, you actually, you and, and truth be told, you can have whatever you want. Mm -hmm. You just can't expect it from them. And then they don't be paying for nothing. No, because they're little broke best friends. Listen. They will never And they be like, Paul, good to tell me, but you're my mom. You got to do it. <laughs> I'll be looking like, boy, if, if, if grandmama was raising you, you would have went to bed starving. But I can't do that to you because that's neglect. Yes. Um, <laughs> see, on, Mother, on Mother's Day this year, JC um, took me to dinner, mm -hmm. to hibachi. That's what JC always want to go. Jay right. got to get hibachi two, three we times. Know. So... She actually had to pay for it with her card. Mm -hmm. She she said that she she ninety dollars. Oh no, we got to go. We got to go, Mama. Oh no, let's go. And she treated me like her all the way to the car. That's she got in the car. That then was like, come on, Jay, get in the car, get in the car, because apparently you think you could drive, but you can't. <laughs> but that day. She was all for me, mm -hmm. but it was also a learning experience to her. Like I say, so see, you got to pay $90 every time we come here and eat. So every time you want hibachi, mm -hmm. I'm paying $90. So now you see. Mm -hmm. So now she's like, she'll say what she, what she's, well, my, I was going to ask you, but I know that. So now it's, it's in a her head. Empathy, yeah, a little empathy, like, yeah, like, so, and, and that's the teachable moment. Mm -hmm. Like you are privileged. Um, because kids don't get the choice to they eat don't. whatever they want every they day. However, <clears throat> even if it's grocery at home, mm -hmm. you might say you want to go. That's where we going. That's true. So I, I think it's just a healthy balance of explanations, teachable moments and boundaries mm -hmm. um, when it comes to parenting these kids, because we still have to keep that layer of protection over them and all that we do for them. Yeah, it's a it's a. Um... It's a challenge, and I'm learning. I'm working through it. Um, yeah, I'm working through that. Do sometimes as a parent you feel defeated, like I ain't do a good job, or or I think it's just the this the best way I could put it: parenting while healing your own childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. It's like parenting while doing that is it's trial and error because you really have this hurt on the inside, and you're trying and to heal it through your kid. Or not trying to heal it through them, but making sure they don't have to heal from feel, it. Making sure they don't have to feel that same feeling. Yeah, or have to heal from it mm -hmm. later. So mm -hmm. it's like a... But I learned in that too that I'm, that I could be creating a monster mm -hmm. as well, you know. And half of the things that I went through created resilience and strength within me and some wisdom. Um, that it wasn't all bad. Mm -hmm. 
but it took me to become an adult to be in some situations to even experience that. So when it comes to my child, life, it's just like patience, time and experience, because what where what I'm learning now through therapy y'all, is he is a child and what you said was perfect. Keep their innocence. And in my mind, it's because he talked to me like an 80 year old man. I'd be feeling like in the moment I'm like, oh, yeah, we here. <laughs> we see eye to eye. And it's like, no, because in two seconds, he about to be back 10. So it's like a, it's me learning. It's me healing while parenting him is, has been a struggle. But we getting over it. We getting over that hump. And I'm, and I'm way better than I used to be. However, he still get whatever he want to eat when he asks for it, whatever time that is. But I'm going to do the same thing for me. So it's not like I'm just mm -hmm. doing it for her, for her because that's what you mm -hmm. know. Whatever I want to eat, when I want to eat it, I'm going to eat it. Yeah. Um, that's just... And when, and when I grew up, it wasn't that. My mom would put something on the table. Even if I did not like it, that was all you were going to have that day. Do you want having a snack after that? You wasn't doing none of that. Whatever was on the table, you're going to eat. Mm -hmm. And I remember even having this little chicken breast that I used to hate these little chicken breasts. And I was so sneaky <clears throat> that I went, took the little chicken off the plate. She was like, don't leave that table till you eat. And I done snuck the little chicken behind my back. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was going to work. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was going to But I had got all the way to my room. And all I felt. <laughs> you thought you... <laughs> you thought you had made it. <laughs> Ooh, I got my the whooping of life that day. Go back to the kitchen to eat it. That's hilarious. I was like, God, I don't want this dry chicken, man. But... <laughs> I never wanted my son to feel like he had to hide chicken breast. So, <laughs> so what you want, my boy? We're going to get it. We're going to see it through. That is funny. So next, y'all, write that, write that question down. What are you healing from? What's some stuff that you just got to get over? Okay. And then we're going to reflect on specific memories from your childhood that still hold emotional weight today. And how did it shape your beliefs about yourself and the world around you? I'm going to say that one more time. Reflect on a specific memory from your childhood that still holds emotional weight today and how it shaped your beliefs about yourself and the world around you. OK, write that down. Then we're going to come back to it. We're going to come back to it. And the next question, y'all, write a letter to your younger self offering words of comfort, love, and wisdom. What would you say to her or him? What guidance do you wish you'd received back then? Let's talk about that. Have you wrote, wrote, wrote a letter to your younger self yet? You haven't? Uh, I think I did it in an indirect way. Okay. And I wrote it to JC mm. before she was born. I did that for Pa. I wrote a letter every day to him while I was pregnant. I, yeah, I Nine did too. Freaking months. And then I, I wrote up till she was three, and then I stopped. Oh wow! But I said I'm gonna start back again, and I told my mama to write letters to her too. Nice. Now until she uh, goes to heaven, and she committed to that. So that's dope. Um, yeah. So yeah, we got to start writing those letters to our younger selves, and um, I I actually have a card that uh write this question down to right below that one what do i need to hear most right now and a lot of times as children we didn't get to experience things that we wanted to experience or hear the 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 
guidance or feedback or even love that we want to experience. So I think writing that letter to your younger self and writing below that, actually on another separate piece of paper, because we're going to rip this one out. Write what you need to hear right now in this moment. What do I need to hear the most? And write it to yourself. Write it to yourself and put it somewhere where you can see it all the time. And I have a few letters because I do that exercise when I when I need to hear something and people ain't saying it to me. So we're not going to wait for other people to validate us. We're going to validate ourselves. And a lot of times we wait, we wait, we wait. I need to hear that. I need to hear. I need a word from the Lord. When you got everything inside of you, you know what you want to hear. Write it down. You know what your child the small person inside of you, the three-year-old, the eight-year-old, the 12-year-old, the 15-year-old needs to hear from you so we can start changing some things around, changing our perspective and changing the world around us. Okay. So, um, write those questions down. I hope you got, and if you, if you need the questions and you're just tuning into the episode, rewind it back after it's over with, but stick with me. Okay. Stick with me. Okay. So the last one, let's do this. It might not be the last one. I might get something else after this. <laughs> Um, what's healing your childhood trauma? My kid. That's what I was saying. My son is, um, you know, the ways my kid and my mom, give us, give us a few ways in which she always reassures me that what I'm doing is good. Mm -hmm. I'm doing a good job because she'll regurgitate. Like I said, some, the things that I tell her, Mm -hmm. um, or like, in her free time, she'll write. She's a writer, so she mm-hmm. writes, and she'll say, "I'm thankful for my mom because," or she'll write me a letter. Mm-hmm. I have eons of letters that she writes and says, "You know, thank you, and you're this type of mom, or you're that type mm-hmm. of mom, and I wouldn't be the child, the the girl that I am today, girl. You eight, but right. <laughs> if it wasn't for you, you know, just mm-hmm. so that is reassuring to me, and that lets me know that okay." I'm doing good on this mommy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, even as a co-parent with her dad, how she is completely happy when the three of us are together, mm-hmm. but she is okay when it's just me and her, and mm-hmm. she's okay when it's just her and her dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and she still doesn't, from what I know, feel unfulfilled. That's dope. That's dope. Um, For me, it's a... I'm healing my childhood trauma through my relationship with my son. Mm -hmm. Um, In quite a few ways. And I'll say the one that sticks out the most is... We get to sing at the table Mm -hmm. and harmonize and make up songs. And that's something that I was not allowed to do growing up. Um, was to sing at the table. It was very strict. It was very controlled. Um, but for the right reasons, it was mm-hmm. the time for the family to talk. It was time for the family to be themselves. It was time for everybody to check in. My parents are real old school. So we would even have Bible study at the table. So it was a real, so if I sat at the table, I knew this was not playtime. Mm-hmm. This was whatever. And I make sure with him, that if he feel like singing, he can, and I'm not. Sh- now he started screaming and doing some crazy stuff. Paul, relax. But the joy that he has, I can't stop it. Like, and I don't be wanting to stop it. Even if I'm eating my chicken, I'll be wanting him to sing to the top of his lungs, um, because I wasn't able to 
And that's one way that I feel like I'm healing. Like I'm doing that with him now. Like I'm singing with him. So it's just not him enjoying himself. We're enjoying my, ourselves. And it feels like the little girl in me is like, yeah, we finally, we finally got that out. And another one is dancing in like dancing in public. Me and Jay do that. Yeah, like, I don't know what it, that do it for my you heart. A, it gives you a freedom. Oh, my God. It gives you a feel of, of innocence. Yes, and he um, don't care who looking. He mm -hmm. don't care if he offbeat. He going to get in that mirror and he going to... But that is the thing about kids. Mm -hmm. If you ever notice, like, kids will dig their nose, digging their butt. They're like, mommy. Yeah, like... They don't care. Or just be walking. <laughs> yep. Just walking with their parents and they'll digging their butt and they keep going or digging their nose and eat the booger while they, <laughs> while they walk in. They have absolutely no cares. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We put all the cares, all the fears, all the restrictions on them. Mm -hmm. They don't have that. We don't. No. We don't have it coming into no. this world. They don't. We don't have that. Mm -hmm. It's just that's like you want to wear like your whole her whole style that you ate. Your whole style switched up from last year. Mm -hmm. Now you want to wear chokers on your neck and bracelets up Aww. to here and big jeans mm -hmm. and it's just like. Yep. And I let I let him he he be like, Mommy, you're matchy matchy. You have to match everything. You wanna do this. And him, he is really I'm finna throw on a t shirt, I'm finna throw on these pants, my crocs, and I'm good. Let me go and be and he be like, Mommy, let me be. And I have to literally through him, I recognize, okay, because when my mama had us going places, look look like you looking. Mm -hmm. Don't show up looking crazy. Comb your hair. And I'm used to that, and I'm still going to be that way. Listen, that, that's just it's always going to be me. But my son, I'm learning through him, like, nah, it don't. It don't matter, to be honest. And he'd be like, my image isn't everything. And i just be looking at him like, yeah, you're right. So through him, I am healing my childhood trauma through that relationship. He shows me a whole lot. And when he's enjoying himself as a child, I just allow him to do that, and I join in because... Part of my childhood did not get to party when it wasn't warranted mm -hmm. <laughs> or to jump up out of nowhere and start screaming because you're real happy. Like he does things that remind me like, oh, that, it's OK. So I think that's, that should be a question. What's healing your childhood trauma? What are you doing right now to heal that? And I want to give um, a few ways for people who may not know. OK. Ways to please your inner child. This is a big part of healing your inner, your inner childhood trauma, y'all. Ways to please your inner child. Engage in play. Y'all, we got to start playing again. We work a lot and we don't play. Allow yourself to engage in activities that you enjoyed as a child. Like I said, when my son starts singing at the table, instantly my stomach get a little cringy because I think somebody finna tell me to be quiet. It's not true because this is my house now and can't nobody tell me to be quiet. So we finna sing. And that is one thing that I want him to remember that we played. My mom, we had fun. And he'll say, he'll say it. <laughs> um, explore nature. Y'all get outside. Go outside. Make your kids go outside. Tell them get off the phone, get off the internet, get off the iPad, get off the PlayStation, the Xbox, the Zoom games, the Zoomies, the everything that we got going on let's get outside in nature dance and move your children is going mm. all day when they want to do a tiktok with you mommy when they want to do a tiktok with you daddy do it 
I have over a hundred videos in this very phone of this boy doing slow mos. I don't know if y'all kids love the slow mos, but he love a good slow mo. So start dancing and moving with your kids because dancing can be a liberating way to connect with your inner child. I know it for a fact. Um, coloring. A lot of people, listen, I got stuck in a coloring book one day. It was really exhilarating. <laughs> Because first my son had the little color thing on the phone where you could just put in the colors. But then I went and bought us some books and we loved it. Okay. So I want y'all to start doing things that are healing your inner child. Let's not just hold on to these bad feelings and we don't know where they come from. Nine times out of ten, the trauma that we're experiencing today comes from when we were little. All the way back. All the way back. Go all the way back. And if you had a great childhood and you don't even remember having any trauma still go back and really, really dig deep. Okay. Anything else you want to say about childhood trauma? And I hope that y'all got something from this and I hope that we're starting and being proactive about healing it. And if you do not have a journal, they're on Amazon. And in this episode, if you're watching and you watched all the way to the end, this is for you. I'm giving away two. I'm giving away two journals and I'm gonna mail them to you. And this is how you get it. Go to my Instagram page and comment under this post from this episode today. And it, it'll be there. Com comment under the episode. Huh? <laughs> Tell me why you need this journal and why you want to start your journaling practice. Okay? And I'm giving away too. And I'll mail it to you. And once you once you get them, you, you gotta make me a post. Okay? You gotta you gotta tell the tell the nations that you got the journal. So Healing childhood trauma. We're going to start dancing more. We're going to start letting our children be children. And we're going to actually start learning from it. Letting, learning how to be free. Learning how to be not full of fear and doubt and all the things. Worried about what other people are going to say. So, Nadia, any last words for the people about healing their childhood trauma? Mm -hmm. Going deep. Be honest with themselves. Um... Be transparent with yourself. Give, give yourselves grace to sure. be who and what you are. And then if it doesn't, if that who and what you are isn't comfortable to you first, then work on it. Um, mm -hmm. Because sometimes people, other people have problems with who and what you are because they aren't who and what they are. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, give yourself grace. Give other people grace. And... Um, Always be in gratitude um, for how far you've come. Mm -hmm. And can I say this too? It's not going to be easy for everybody because this is just hit me. It's not going to be easy for everybody to be on board with you healing from trauma, especially because you call it trauma because other people in this situation may not view it the same way that you did, right? That does not mean that it wasn't traumatic to you because someone that says, ain't nobody do that to you. It wasn't even like that. Heal and don't expect a certain response from other people. And if when you're healing from any type of tra traumatic thing that happened to you, through you, other people are going to be feeling a certain type of way about you voicing your story and your opinion and your view. And that's all it is, is your perspective, your view, my perspective, my view. And you cannot get caught up on who's going to be hurt by you telling your story. Always be respectful. Always show empathy and compassion to the other parties and say, I'm moving in love and I'm trying to get over this and I'm healing from it. And that's the positive. 
We're not dwelling to point fingers. We're healing to get over it and let it go. Okay. So be strong in this journey, y'all. Be strong, be strong. And I see you. I see you. And if you need some help, y'all already know. Certified Life Coaching right here. Willing and able to help you navigate to the best version of yourself. Okay. So before we go, there's one thing I need you to know. There's always room. There's always room for who? You. Right here on the couch. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> Oh my God.